my wife and I lived up in Alaska for a year um, and, and we loved it. It's such a beautiful state. And one of the places that will always stick out uh, as an extremely special stay was this um, property in Wasilla, Alaska, and just north of Anchorage, about a half hour. Um, it's called Meyer Lake, and it is a resort. Um, and really what stood out, I mean, it's, it's a gorgeous property. They've got a private lake. It actually used to be a Bible camp, so it's got several little cabins, and they remodeled it into this luxury resort, um, and they use it as a wedding venue and whatnot. But really what actually stood out was the hospitality. So we got to meet the owner, um, and I, I just was blown away. We both were um, by the experience. I mean, when we drove in, we were greeted by him. You know, he came out to our car. He offered us warm cookies and a glass of wine and sat down and chatted with us and got to know us. And we got to know him and hear the stories about how he, you know, acquired this property and what he's been doing to uh, to it. Welcome to Behind the Stays, a podcast that shares the stories behind your favorite Airbnbs and the hosts who've made them memorable. Behind the Stays is brought to you by Sponstaneous, a free weekly newsletter that brings you a carefully curated list of last-minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. Sign up at Sponstaneous.com. I'm your host, Zach Cruz. Enjoy the show. SEO, paid search, and email marketing. You know they are the marketing trifecta that you need to build your brand and increase direct bookings. But outside of watching a couple YouTube videos and listening to a few STR podcasts, you haven't had the time to really understand things like how Google ranks content or what subject line and preview text combo are the best when sending an email to your list about last minute availability. If you're listening to this podcast, chances are you're not just any run of the mill STR or vacation rental host. You're an entrepreneur who wants to see their portfolio of homes and the brand that encompasses them grow. And this week's podcast sponsor, Build Up Bookings, can help you do just that. Build Up Bookings is the digital marketing team that some of the best players in the game use to scale their businesses. I had their founder, Conrad O'Connell, on episode 44 of this podcast. And let me tell you, this guy knows his stuff. In just the last 12 months, Build Up Bookings has helped their clients earn over $48 million in direct bookings. That's $48 million. If 90% of your bookings are coming via the Airbnbs and Verbos of the world, it might be time to audit and augment your direct booking strategy. And Conrad and his team have set up a special landing page for Behind the Stays listeners that is chock full of free resources to help you do so. Head on over to buildupbookings.com forward slash BTS, that's BTS as in Behind the Stays, to learn more. And be sure to request a free marketing strategy session with Conrad and tell him that Zach from Behind the Stays sent you his way. Again, that's buildupbookings.com forward slash BTS. In just a moment, you'll meet John Cry, an award-winning Airbnb and Verbo photographer. Growing up, you'd often find John in the backyard, snapping photos of trees, flowers, and wildlife. He has always been moved by the beauty that nature offers. John dreamed of being able to do photography full-time, but he was sober to the fact that making it as a full-time photographer is super difficult. One day, while traveling in Minnesota, John posted photos of the cabin he was staying at on Instagram. And while he didn't know it at the time, this decision would change the course of his life forever. 
tune in to hear the story of how the success of those first posts on Instagram inspired John to focus his photography business around the short-term rental travel space. All right, without further ado, get ready to meet John. Okay, John, we're live, man. How are you doing today? I'm doing amazing. I'm so excited to be chatting with you. Yes, likewise. Um, where, where, where are you right now? Yes, I'm in Bayport, Minnesota. So, okay. uh, east of the Twin Cities of Minneapolis and, uh, and St. Paul, I am uh, living just in a, a small town on the St. Croix River, which separates Wisconsin and Minnesota. Okay, okay, and this is where you call home, even though you're on the road a lot. Is that correct? <laughs> It is. Yes. I call it home, although I don't spend a ton of time here, uh, especially recently have been uh, just, yeah, on the road, busy doing lots of photo shoots and uh, traveling. Well, good. I can't wait to dive into your story and hear about your business and all that fun stuff in just a second. But John, one of my favorite things to do to kick off the show is, is ask folks to tell me a little bit about what I might find or I might expect should I crash a happy hour with you and, and some of your closest friends and if I were to go around and you know say hey give me give me the skinny on John or or ask them to give me a story about John that you feel like encapsulates his personality and his character um, what what is it that you imagine people might say or or is there a story they might immediately tell mm, yes <laughs> that's a great question I think people would probably say that I don't stay still very often or very well. <laughs> always on the move, really. I uh, I think they would probably say I'm a pretty positive person and that I, I really enjoy life because I do. I um, try and fill my days with what brings me joy, um, you know, what brings my family joy and uh, with things that I can bring joy to other people's lives. And so um, whether it's, you know, you know, going kayaking early in the morning when I have just a, a little bit of open time during my day or, um, you know, squeezing in a hike during the lunch hour, mm. right? Like, um, I, I keep myself pretty busy. So I think people would say that I'm always on the move, um, which is, is pretty accurate. Um, and yeah, overall, a, a pretty happy guy. I am really thankful to do what I love, um, photography, social media, getting to travel and experience some really beautiful places. And uh, I think they would, yeah, they would say that, you know, I'm, I'm overall a, a very happy and, and thankful person. I, you know, try and take, not, not take any day for granted yeah. um, and really appreciate, you know, every opportunity that I get, every unique state that I get to go to. And um, I really try and, you know, appreciate every aspect of it and really dive deep um, into just the stay that that I'm at yeah. and, you know, learning about the people that have, have created it and whatnot. So, uh, I think those are a couple of the things they would say, um, you know, a story they might share. This is a fu funny one that came to my mind that <laughs> might, uh, kind of describe me. I was a camp counselor, okay. um, for a few years during my college summers. And I worked at a, a summer camp out in Montana and um, me and a, a counselor, we're, we're leading a, a backpacking trip through the Jewel Basin, which is a gorgeous um, kind of national forest area out there. And we got a group of campers lost. Uh, oh so it was just God. me and this other counselor and like 10 high school kids. And we literally lost 
Um, it was my day to actually like guide the trip and and read the map. And of course I <laughs> read it wrong. And so we took them down a wrong trail. And I mean, we spent like several hours. We had all the campers sit in one spot and me and the other counselor went out just in different directions, trying to find traces of a trail because things were so overgrown. We finally did get back on track, had to camp on, um, like on the trail at a certain point. Um, but it was, uh, it was an experience, a memorable one. So I love the outdoors. I'm passionate about it, but you know, go with the flow type person, I would say (laughs) make the most of, of those experiences. I still look back on it as one of my favorite trips, even though it was like scary for uh, a while there. (laughs) Do you, do you, do you think like, do you generally have like a pretty good sense of direction and this was just like an off day or do you feel like you have just a really bad sense of direction? I would say I generally have a pretty good sense okay, of direction. Okay. <laughs> I can drive around, you know, the state pretty well without maps or GPS. I think this was an off day. I don't know what <laughs> happened. I looked at that map wrong and it was just, you know, kind of this really remote area where the trails were kind of overgrown. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I maybe just, you know, uh, didn't get as much sleep as I should have the night before or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, what's funny. Um, I feel like, Maybe, maybe, maybe this just says more about me um, than than anything else. But I feel like when it comes to reading trail maps, like I, I enjoy reading like maps, and I like I love like like when I when we're, we're traveling or we're driving to a new place or flying somewhere, I always like going on Google Maps, seeing like what's around there, and then like when we get there, like I'll remember. Like my wife and I are big Orange Theory people, and so mm-hmm. like we're always like looking for like an orange theory that's near like our Airbnb or like, you know, the hotel or whatnot. And if I look at it on a map beforehand, once I get to the hotel or the Airbnb, like I I remember like, Oh, here, like I can walk to, this is how I would walk to it. Right. And I I remember it from looking at the map, but I, I kid you not anytime I'm looking at like a trail map, I don't know what it is, but it's like it's like gibberish. Like I, it's like I see the you know the 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 blue lines and the red lines and the different trailheads and the X and the you know all this stuff. It it's I I get it wrong every single time. I just I cannot get that right. And like again, I don't. I I have a pretty good sense of direction otherwise. But something about trail maps, man, it just. Uh, just really messes with me. <laughs> yeah, it's, they're, they're just on another level. So, <laughs> And yet, like, they're so simple. It's like, it, it's so less complicated than, like, looking at, like, you know, a, a big metropolitan area and trying to figure out how to get through, you know, the city. And it's just, yeah. it's so simple. And I feel like in its simplicity, it's, like, incredibly complex. Um, <laughs> anyhow. <laughs> I'm with you, you know. I, uh, yep, I'm with you there. It, uh, I don't know what happened on that day. It should have been simple, but... Uh, Got them lost, but you know what? Still made the best of it. Didn't get eaten by a bear. Yeah, didn't, uh, yeah, yeah You know, yeah. let the group starve to death or anything. You so, also gave them a story they can talk about for forever, which is which they, is always those fun. Those kids are gonna yes, remember that. I'm sure they're telling it a little bit in a different light about their counselor, you know, than yeah. I shared a story. <laughs> um, but they're probably telling that story for uh, years to come too. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So. John, you do a lot of photography and videography for uh, short-term rentals all around the the, the country, the world, uh, even. And so, and I want to dive into how you got into this in just a second. But um, to to kind of kick us off, do you remember the very first Airbnb or or short-term rental that you stayed in, and what was like the reason for the stay? What kind of place did you stay in, and 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 where was the place? Ooh, so I don't know if I can remember the exact first rental I stayed in. I've stayed in so many, Um, but you know, there's definitely been a couple that have stood out. And what I would say too is 
I have very strong uh, memories of my childhood growing up, really before Airbnb even became a platform. Yeah. You know, my parents would rent out these cabins, kind of mom and pop type resorts in northern Wisconsin and Minnesota. You know, in this area, this region of the country, uh, there's so such a culture of of cabin life and lake life hmm. um, because, you know, Minnesota is the land of 10,000 lakes and Wisconsin has so many lakes as well. We've got the great lakes here. Uh, and so there's just this, this really strong culture, which I love of people, you know, taking their weekends, especially in the summertime, but year round uh, and going up North uh, to a cabin on a lake. And so that's what we did. Um, we didn't own a cabin, but we would rent different cabins, uh, you know, a lot of times in Northern Wisconsin and Minnesota, and we'd bring our boat up uh, and go boating. You know, we'd bring our dog up. We'd explore these cute little towns, you know, in, in the Northwoods of Wisconsin and go to a candy store. And so I have really uh, great memories of just these quaint little, you know, uh, nothing special, mm. but um, cute little cabins, usually on a lake um, that we would just have some really great family time at. Um, so that uh, those are some really strong memories, specifically, you know, if I'm thinking back to a couple of these memorable Airbnb experiences that I've had more recently, um, you know, one of one of the first, I guess, maybe Airbnbs that I stayed in, you know, several years ago was this um, actually out in Whitefish, Montana, beautiful part of the country um, with my parents when I was actually working as a camp counselor out there, I took a week off and my parents came and visited nice. and we stayed. Yeah. In this beautiful, it was kind of a, a modern cabin that was really tucked away in the woods, in the mountains out there, which was really awesome. And it was just so secluded. I remember, you know, really my eyes were open to what this Airbnb thing was where you really have a space completely to yourself. Um, and it's a gorgeous, you know, home. And then one of the things that I really loved about it was, you know, obviously this, um, the cabin inside was absolutely beautiful, kind of modern, very cozy and kind of rustic, but then they also had a teepee outside and I really thought that was amazing. And so I slept in that one of them <laughs> that we stayed there. And I, I remember a few moments where I was like, oh gosh, there, there's grizzlies in these woods. And I heard like some rustling and in the woods nearby, I got a little scared, but I made it through the night and um, just thought that was the most cool experience. I had a campfire inside and that kind of kept me warm through the night. Uh, and so that was definitely one of, you know, the most memorable experiences I would say. Yeah. 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 That's a, I, I feel like there's always the, the quintessential like cabin stay where you first realize, like I, I, I think about some of my, my early Airbnb experiences too, where you realize, Oh wow. Like this is not like the scary musty cobweb full like cabin that like my grandpa took me to right like one summer in michigan or whatever like it, it's funny when you when you stay at like a an, a place that's you know been been decked out and and thought about and it's a little bit more contemporary even if even the, even if like the design style like harkens to something a little bit more um historic right or or um you know less modern yeah. it, you, you realize oh oh okay this this is better than staying in a hotel room right and like i feel like all growing up i hate it like when my when my grandpa would be like oh guys we're gonna go to like he'd like rent cabins for us and stuff and and i hated that i always wanted to stay in a hotel right and and then and then it's like oh no no, no. i just i just like personally like i guess i i don't know i i have i'm high maintenance or whatever but i was like when i first when i first stayed in like a nice a nice cabin i was like 
oh, please, like, sign me up. Like, <laughs> who needs the Four Seasons when you have this, you know? So, um, anyways. It's I, a whole I, new world. It is. It is. It's a whole new world. And I, and I do feel like it's still, like, a relatively new world, right? Where, like, yes. people are building these escapes very intentionally. You've got yeah. designers that are coming in and doing incredible work in, in this space. Right. Um, and just totally redefining, I would say, like, the category. Totally. They, they absolutely are. Another, I was just thinking too of, you know, kind of this, this mindset change, like you're talking about that can happen when you really experience something special for the first time. And when I, um, my wife and I lived up in Alaska for a year Oh wow! Um, and, and we loved it. It's such a beautiful state. And one of the places that will always stick out uh, as an extremely special stay was this um, property in Wasilla, Alaska, and just north of Anchorage, about a half hour. Um, it's called Meyer Lake, and it is a resort. Um, and really what stood out, I mean, it's it's a gorgeous property. They've got a private lake. It actually used to be a Bible camp, so it's got several little cabins, and they remodeled it into this luxury resort, um, and they use it as a wedding venue and whatnot. But really what actually stood out was the hospitality. So we got to meet the owner, um, and I, I just was blown away. We both were um, by the experience. I mean, when we drove in, we were greeted by him. You know, he came out to our car. He offered us warm cookies and a glass of wine and sat down and chatted with us and got to know us. And we got to know him and hear the stories about how he, you know, acquired this property and what he's been doing to a, to it. Um, and I mean, just the level of, of warmth that we were greeted with, you know, he, he gave us a full tour, you know, walked us around the whole property and shared, you know, kind of the history of it and, what future plans are. And then, you know, we stayed in this gorgeous little cabin. They've kind of remodeled them into be these kind of really modern sleep cabins. Uh, and uh, in the morning for breakfast, they actually, um, the staff brings out a tray of, uh, you know, breakfast food that's like delicious, you Jeez. know, incredible service. They, they set it on the porch step. And so when you wake up, you just open your door of your cabin and on the porch is sitting your breakfast, oh like gosh. this gorgeous meal that was amazing and so truly i mean he went above and beyond and it it made such a difference that we always look back on that specific stay and you know it, it stands out compared to anything else yeah dude okay i'm gonna get i'm gonna have to get the name of this place man because yes. i i want to check it out so wait why were you in alaska for a year <laughs> it's a good question like who does that i don't know wonder. that yeah i don't know that many people that do that <laughs> right so we i mean really it was adventure we okay. Before we had, so we have a, a three-month-old daughter now. Before we oh, had nice. kids, yeah, we before we bought a house, um, we really figured that was a good time to kind of do an adventure. And kind of Alaska has always been on our dream list of a, a destination to either travel to or live in. And we decided, you know, heck, let's both apply for jobs. Let's see if we can find a place to live and see if the, if the doors are open. And they were. Wow. You know, we both found jobs up there. We found a, a great little cabin to live in. Um, and it was, you know, one of the best years of our lives. We Jeez, were pretty dude. much every weekend, you know, hiking in a glacier, going to an ice cave. We went snowshoeing, you know, whale watching, you know, all of the Alaska things. And we have such a love for that state now. We're we're itching to go back and visit because yeah. it is such a special place. It feels, you know, completely really different from the rest of the lower 48. Uh, and so we, we had a, a great experience living there. <laughs> Dude, that's amazing. Uh, wow. Okay. I have so many questions for you about Alaska, but uh, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll save those for another time. You're a kick-ass Airbnb host. 
In fact, you've done such a great job at marketing your short-term rental on Instagram that you're pretty much entirely booked for the next six to 12 months. And while it doesn't happen regularly, every so often there's a cancellation or just one random three-night window of availability in the middle of the week. Now, posting about the fact that you've had a cancellation or that you've got just three nights left in February on your Instagram story is a great start, but what if you could automatically notify interested guests the second a cancellation comes through? And that's where Ping comes in. Ping makes it easy for guests to be notified when their favorite Airbnbs become available. Ping is a simple widget that lives on your website or your direct booking site and integrates with your Airbnb listing and allows your fans and followers to sign up to be notified if their preferred dates become available. Here's how it works. Jimmy sees that you're booked for the whole month of October, but he wants to be notified if any three-night window in the month becomes available. Jen is a returning guest and wants to be notified if any week in June, July, or August becomes available. In a matter of seconds, Jimmy and Jen fill out this simple form and will be pinged if their requested dates become available. And as a host, you will immediately get pinged via email with Jimmy and Jen's contact information and requested dates, which allows you to build up your own database of guest email addresses. Ping, it's what the best Airbnb hosts use to maximize bookings. Sign up for free at www.bnbping.com. Ping. Brought to you by Spontaneous. So I, I want to talk about I want to talk about your business and how you got into the space. So you are you, we were just you're just mentioning right before we hit uh, record here that you're now full time on on your business, which is in, you know incredible. You're photographing really cool places all around the world. Uh, talk to us a little bit about like how you got into photography to begin with, and then and then at what point did you decide to like niche down into because you you know. Photographers can do a lot of things, right? So what inspired mm -hmm. sort of like the the short-term rental, the vacation home rent, uh, rental sort of like niching down? What's the story there? Sure, absolutely. So, you know, I've been doing photography for well over 10 years. I started in high school. Um, you know, really, it started as just a, a fun hobby. You know, my family had one of those little point-and-shoot cameras and I love taking pictures of our family dog and, you know, the flowers in the backyard and just having fun with it. And we had, you know, I had some family members who, who did photography. I thought that was really cool. I had some friends who did photography, thought that was really fun. You know, I'm a, a creative person yeah. in general. I've had that in me since I was pretty young kid. And so I think that really fueled this interest to play around with it and continue this passion. And so, you know, I started doing senior photos when I was in high school and, and shooting some family photos and weddings. And I did that for a while uh, and then, uh, you know, a few years into my photography gig, I realized, um, you know, and it was kind of when Instagram was starting to get big too, I was finding some pretty cool brands on Instagram and, you know, really, I, I just thought, Hey, maybe I could reach out to a brand and see if they, you know, want to want some photography in exchange for product. And so I think the first company I worked with was like this small little hammock company. And I thought it was so cool that someone <laughs> would send me a hammock for free yeah. to, to take photos and send them photos. And it all kind of, you know, snowballed from there, really, uh, you know, started working with a lot more brands and doing like product photography, which, which was really fun. Um, and kind of, you know, pretty early on when Instagram had started, you know, this is years ago before, you know, influencers got big and Instagram really got big. Um, and then kind of just, you know, I, I love to travel. And so, you know, started taking a few more photos of cabins and there's a ton of them in this area, like I mentioned before. 
And so realize that there's, there's a potential business here of doing, yeah, photography, social media work for these vacation rentals that now are popping up everywhere in this area. And so, you know, I would say within the last probably three to four years is kind of where I really found my niche of this lodging market, Airbnbs, VRBOs, and shooting for them. Um, You know, it's been, like I said, this this area of the country, they're absolutely booming. I think just in the last year, there's like 50 new um, that I've seen personally on Instagram, new vacation rentals in my area that are, you know, marketing themselves on Instagram um, that I want to go shoot at. So, uh, so it's a great time to be in this space when people are really trying to utilize social media as a marketing tool for their businesses. And, you know, yeah, like I say, it's, it's, it's been a, a progression. I've, you know, I started with just these little trade deals and then, like I say, in the last couple of years realized there's really a need for this. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's exploding. There's so many business owners out there who are, who need professional photography. They need social media exposure um, and additional content for, you know, not only their listings, but for their social media pages, for their websites. And so I, I kind of saw this need and, um, really now have just, um, and it, it aligned with my passions. Like I said, growing up in this area, going to cabins, it's something that I really love and appreciate doing. Yeah. So it's so fun for me. Most of my days don't feel like work. And so recently I've gone full time with it and I'm, I'm so glad that I did because the opportunities are exploding. And, um, you know, when you can align your, your greatest passions with the work that you're doing, it, it makes such a difference. And yeah. it, like I say, it brings me a lot of joy. I'm so thankful to be able to do it. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's amazing. Um, and yeah, I, I want to circle back on a couple of things that you said and just, and just mm-hmm. affirm it. Like this, this space is, is exploding right now. Um, I, I do feel like COVID inspired a lot of people to yeah. get into the space. Um, yeah. and you've, you've got a lot of like, what I would just say, like new money and new talent in the space too, of like people who weren't particularly interested in or, or hadn't thought too much about starting a short-term rental or, or buying a vacation uh, rental property. And yep. and then, you know, again, COVID changed a lot of that where a lot of people obviously left cities. They wanted to, they wanted to be outdoors. They wanted a little bit more space. And they, you know, realize, oh, hey, I have, you know, some disposable income. I've got some extra cash saved up. Maybe, maybe instead of like buying the dream, ho- the dream home, I'll buy the, you know, vacation home first, right? And right. And, and then continue to rent my apartment in the city or whatever it is. And so, all these, all these, you know, forces that um, are at play right now and have been at play for the last couple of years have been have been talked about it ad nauseum, but. All that, all that is to say is that it, it is an incredible opportunity, an incredible time to kind of be to be in this space. One of the things, one of the things I've always wondered with Airbnb like photographers is, so my, my wife and I lived on Airbnb full time for over a year and a half, and we hopped to new Airbnbs like every about every week. So we stayed in like sixty some odd Airbnbs over a year and a half, right? And um, one of the things that was always interesting is we were like scouring through these these properties looking for good. Um, places to stay was, you know, a lot of them have really, really nice photos, but like photos from like one season, right? Like, and like, I, what I don't understand is like, especially for some of the more like premium uh, short-term rentals and whatnot, like why, why don't they have some sort of like subscription service or like a, a contract with someone like you where it's like, hey, we want you to come back 
for you know four seasons and i guess it depends like obviously like where the property is located but in a, in a in a place where there are four seasons like why not come back four times a year so that we have all of these like we've got photos from from each season so depending on my stay like when i'm booking a place in vermont right in in you know december i don't want to see like green trees because i know that it's not going to be green like i want to see what the hell this place looks like when it's like freezing cold outside to know if i can stomach the stay or not right so like i'm sure that people in the space are doing this and thinking through this how have you thought about this and is this like do you have clients that like want you to come back several times a year to photograph like the seasonal change or how does that work yeah, definitely. I, I think those are, I mean, those are awesome thoughts and like totally important when people are booking a stay, they want to see what the space looks like in the season that they're visiting. So um, a, a great thought. And yes, I would say uh, several of the the spaces that I've shot for specifically in this area, we have all four seasons. Yeah, You know, we have a, a long winter with lots of snow and cold. We have a beautiful fall, a beautiful summer and, and spring. And so, yes, I've had several, you know, properties that want me to either they have a specific you know oftentimes they'll have their photos done in the summer and then they don't have any winter photos so they want me to come in a specific season like the winter or this fall upcoming i've got some shoots people really want those fall photos because you know in the midwest it can be kind of a short time frame yeah Um, and properties do show off so well when there's just glowing orange and yellow trees all around and so yes i would say you know people want to see the space during the season that they're staying in and yes i do i have been you know invited back by several of the properties that i've shot for in the back in the past um but i do love the idea of kind of a subscription service yeah uh, you know, with with the the huge growing market of airbnbs i think there's an opportunity for that so it's definitely something i'm gonna have to think more about yeah uh, offering something like that for for properties if they really want all four seasons shot maybe for those new properties who don't have any photos at all exactly you know, to come back each season it's, or, it's a great idea. or i'm even thinking like you could target um this is unsolicited advice, so sorry, <laughs> feel free to ignore me. But I also feel like you could target like different um, short-term rental collectives or property managers who they might have like you know between anywhere between ten and two hundred, maybe a thousand locations, and then that, that's where subscription services even make way more sense. Of like, hey, for you know, I will do for all hundred of your properties, right? Four times a year or two times a year, depending on where they're located, go and get different seasonal photos for you. Like I I have to imagine that that's attractive to some folks who have a larger portfolio who want like, hey, I don't wanna have to hire like a different photographer every single time to come. Like, and and it's a lot of work to even like look for a good, like even even if it's out of state, like out of your region, it's still a freaking ton of work to go and find like the right person and know that they're trustworthy and all this stuff. Whereas if I could, you know, build my trust with John and, and your brand, I know you do great work. I'd be willing to like pay for you to come out and you know shoot all 200 of my properties, right? So I feel like that's a an, another thing that you could kind of whip up and, and take advantage of. Yeah, absolutely. And I have worked with a couple of those larger property management companies, which have been great, honestly, because yes, there's uh, a higher need. They've obviously got a huge volume of uh, of work that needs to be done compared to just a single, you know, host and yeah. might not, you know, those single hosts might not have quite the budget that uh, a property management company does. And so, yes, and I, I have kind of, um, you know, framed those packages a little bit differently. Um, but those are, I mean, excellent relationships. It's, it's been fun, you know, starting off with just these mom and pop type places, but, you know, uh, 
just earlier this summer, I got connected with a property management company who's got, you know, yeah, like 70 different property rentals across Wisconsin um, and a couple other states, which has been so fun to kind of get into that where, yeah, it's more consistent work for me. Yeah. Um, and I get to, yeah, experience a lot more properties, but it's, yeah, not as much work for them and for me because they've already built this relationship, this trust. We can continue on that um, for the long term, which is is great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious. Um, how, when, when you think about like shooting a space, right? Um, what, what are, what's your approach? Like, do you have a systematized sort of like way of like doing, conducting your photo shoot? Like, are there, like, do you always start with like, you know, the front and always end with the, the back porch or like, like, how do you think about approaching your photo shoot? And for a lot of the folks who, you know, are tuning into this conversation, they're short-term rental hosts. Some of them are property managers. Others are just entrepreneurs that are building solutions um, for folks in the hospitality and, and uh, travel space. Mm-hmm. And, you know, photography, right, uh, sits at the center of all of that, right? Uh, and, mm-hmm. and good creative sits at the center of all of that. So, like, how do you how do you approach your shoots and uh, any any sort of, like, pro tips you can offer us? Yeah. So, you know, every shoot's a little bit different, I would say. I don't always start at the front end in the back. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it really depends on what, you know, what the clients are looking for. So, um, you know, hopefully for all these these Airbnb hosts that are listening, right, they can really get to know their photographer and their photographer really gets to know them to understand what their needs are. Mm. Um, because some hosts really have very specific needs. For example, one one property, gorgeous property in northern Minnesota that I shot recently, you know, they actually had a bunch of photos of the actual home itself they wanted pretty much zero photos of the home they wanted photos of people enjoying the activities Ah. um, like the pool and hot tub and their hiking trails and all these different activities that they offered which was so fun for me Uh, so it really does vary on on what the hosts are looking for but i always try and approach it with an authentic lens i think that you know what makes great photos on social media specifically and in listing photos is authenticity and realness Um, You know, no one likes just like staged photos, especially if there's, you know, I try and bring in people to the shots to show a space in use, you know, whether it's my family all, you know, sitting around the dinner dinner table, enjoying a meal together, or it's, uh, you know, myself out kayaking on a kayak that's provided at the lake, Um, you know, showing their the the things to do in the home and people utilizing those spaces, I think can really go a long way, you know, especially on social media and having that engaging content, right? Like it's not what I do and a lot of influencers do isn't real estate photography. It's not just, you know, set up your tripod, yeah. you know, square <laughs> up the room and take a photo of each room and call it good. Um, it's creative, right? Like I try and go in with fresh eyes. Some properties have had multiple photographers and influencers come and stay. I'm thinking of one up on the North shore of Minnesota that's super popular and they've had a ton of photographers come and I went and after receiving their photos, you know, they said, wow, you, you know, we've, we've had so many photographers, but you actually captured this in a whole new light yeah. and, you know, different angles that we haven't even seen before. And so I try not to get, you know, especially with these properties that are really popular, try not to get too focused on what other people have done in the past and really just immerse myself in this space. I typically always stay one or two nights at the property that I'm shooting. It's not just like a two hour photo shoot. Yeah. So I really can immerse myself and understand Where's the lighting in the morning? Where's the sun coming in at in the evening? 
you know, um, and, you know, take advantage of golden hour and blue hour, those, those beautiful times of the night when, when, you know, these homes often are kind of glowing from the outside. Uh, so, you know, it, it really varies, but I do try and usually get some engaging content with people in the shots, you know, interacting in the spaces and then, you know, just using my eye, you know, every photographer has kind of a unique eye and perspective and just going in, you know, to a space with, with no expectation. Sometimes you see a property online and you're expecting like, oh, this is, you know, this is the money shot with the fireplace right there in the center of the shot. But sometimes I get into these properties and, you know, after experiencing it and sitting in it and just, you know, kind of walking around the space, realizing there's some creative angles that yeah. could be taken. Yeah. Yeah. Quick, quick follow-up question there. Um, so I've heard of, obviously of like the golden hour or, uh, yeah. but, but what the hell is, what is blue hour? <laughs> so golden hour is the hour leading up to sunset. Yeah. Blue hour is the hour after sunset. Ah. Where the, usually the sky, you know, if it's a clear day, usually it's the sky kind of turns yeah. blue. Yeah. And so that can lead to some really awesome photos. You know, usually, you know, I'm thinking of this property I just shot this week where they had kind of all kinds of twinkly lights outside the property and I had a fire going and it was, yeah, the sky was just kind of turning blue. So it's ah, nice. a very, it evokes lots of moody feelings and um, just kind of really those enticing photos that you'll oftentimes see like that blow up on social media. Yeah. Oftentimes they're taken during that blue hour because it is such a a great time to capture images. So. Okay, learn something new every day. Uh, that's that's helpful. Um, I, yeah. Dude, I, I have a, some questions about like, a lot. again, a lot of the folks kind of tuning into this have probably worked with photographers before, mm -hmm. worked with influencers before. Um, mm -hmm. When when you think about sort of uh, the opportunities or, 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 the, or the way that you work with hosts, right? Um, are you giving them like, do you, do you set like a set number of like photos? Like, Hey, like I'm going to come to your place. I'm going to stay here for like a couple days. And then I'm going to give you like 25 photos or 30 photos or like, like, are, do you do like, how, how do you think about like packaging your, your services? And like, I guess, what have you learned that like is actually helpful and works well versus things that like, aren't that helpful or, or, or don't work that well. I think from, from talking with a lot of people, there's no like standardization across the industry right now of like, Oh, okay. Well, when I bring a photographer to my place, I'm going to get all these things. It's typically like bring some play, you know, to the place, let them stay for free. If they're like an influencer, hope that they post a few things, maybe pay them a little bit. Uh, oh, and, or, or you hire a professional photographer to come in, take a bunch of photos, but then it's still, there's like, there is no like standard. And so I'd love just kind of like your perspective on like, Hey, what have you learned that works well? Where have hosts found real value? And like, where do you think that the intersection point between like what hosts really need and what a great photographer like yourself can offer is? Yes, that's a, a great question. You're hundred percent correct. There's zero standardization in the <laughs> industry. You know, I have a ton of friends who are photographies, photographers as well, and kind of in the industry. Um, and everyone does it a little bit differently. And I think that's because of, you know, the, the, the Airbnb world is so new and the influencer world kind of is, is really pretty new yeah, as well. So yeah. people are kind of figuring it out. You know, for me now as a full-time photographer and influencer, I have to really be clear about my, you know, what my packages are, what my rates are and communicate that clearly. And, you know, 
obviously sign a contract with these with my clients to ensure that's very clear. Um, it's not just a, hey, do you want to come and stay and maybe give us some photos? Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's how it started out as, right? Yeah. But as my business has grown, right, I've really had to standardize that. So yes, I do have standard packages. And typically, um, yes, I give them a certain amount of photos, you know, whether it be 30 or 50 images, depending on what they're looking for. And then in addition to that, I think uh, what what our, my clients really find value in is the social media exposure they get with that. So there's a specific number of posts, you know, stories and reels or feed posts that I include in my package that are going to be posted to my page for my followers to see. Uh, and so, you know, not only are they getting great, beautiful imagery to use for years to come on their social media, on their website, whatever, but they're also getting this awesome social media exposure. And so, you know, time and time again, I hear from from hosts that I work with, you know, after you posting about my page, we're getting this rush of bookings, we're getting these new followers, you know, even the last day that I was just at in northern Wisconsin, a beautiful kind of modern luxurious cabin, you know, even after posting a couple stories, when I first got there, the hosts let me know, uh, you know, they, they got another booking and they're getting <laughs> they're gaining followers. Yeah. So that's, that's the goal, right. Is to provide them some additional exposure, especially these new hosts, because there's so many new ones out there. And how do you grow, you know, as a brand new property, I'm convinced in this day and age, you need to work with local influencers if yeah. you're on social media, yeah. because you know, they have local followers that are people who are actually interested in visiting your space, who are interested in hearing about new and up and coming properties. And so, you know, having the package of both the photography and some awesome exposure on social media, or, you know, sometimes I'll include a giveaway or a discount code, you know, there's multiple ways that I can work with hosts. Um, but getting the word out there, you know, especially, you know, some of these places have very few followers and they're, they're looking to grow their followers, which you know, a click on that follow button is awesome for them because that's a, a person who's subscribing to a, a life's worth of your content, which yeah. is great. Right? Yeah. Um, so they have seen, I mean, time and time again, I hear it. They're getting more bookings. You know, I think of even a place in Alaska um, that uh, I worked for and it was it was a beautiful white modern barn. Um, it was an old barn, but they re remodeled it really great. And I worked for them. I did the social media exposure and they said, you know, up and leading up to my stay with them, they hadn't had bookings for several weeks, none. And after, you know, doing, I, I did a giveaway with them and promoted them on my social media account. I think they got like five new bookings in like the first day or two, right after working with me. So, wow. um, you know, there's a huge value. And I think some hosts are starting to understand that, yeah, but yeah. I think more and more hosts really need to take advantage of that. There's micro influencers around the country, around the world that you can work with yeah. to really get the word out there. Well, and I, and I think too, um, what's happening. So uh, do you know, have you uh, heard of Isaac French or Live Oak Lake? Yeah, I've, I've stayed there and shot for him. Oh, yeah. you have. Okay. Awesome. Yes. So I, I had him on the podcast and, um, yes. And then I actually introduced him to Sam Parr, who is the founder of The Hustle. He uh, is the co-host of the My First Million podcast, which is a relatively popular podcast in sort of the entrepreneurship kind of business space. Anyways, mm -hmm. and then he and Isaac became friends. And um, then Isaac's like stuff kind of like blew up because Sam's a, a major, major influencer in the space, um, yeah. in the business space. Anyways, mm -hmm. when we were talking, um, he and, and when I was interviewing him, he was talking all about how like his big strategy was working with influencers, right? Up front. Mm -hmm. And what for for him, which was what was so amazing, every everyone that talks about Isaac French, what they're impressed by is his uh, the percentage of uh, direct bookings he's been able to generate 
because mm -hmm. of influencers, right? And something like yeah. 80, 90% of his bookings are direct, which in the industry is like unheard of, right? Right. And so I feel like what's super cool about the work that you and others like you are doing in this space and really the value that it would bring to folks tuning into this podcast and just others in the space is like, hey, one of the best ways to increase your direct bookings is actually yeah. to go work with these people, right? Who they've got right. following, they've got the creative, they mm -hmm. they can be the way that you get bookings that aren't directly through, you know, Airbnb or Verbo. And mm -hmm. like in working with them, I I assume that these folks have the ability to say, "Hey John, like when you're posting about this on your story, I want you to use this link, not the Airbnb right. link or not the Verbo yes. link or what what have you." And I feel right. like th this is something that is still like, you know, totally undertapped. It's not enough yeah. like people aren't really thinking this way and it's like I think yeah. when when you think about building up your direct booking strategy, one of the best ways to do that is to go work with with photographers and influencers. Like that is probably the easiest way to to <laughs> sort of grow your direct booking strategy. Absolutely. I I completely agree. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, dude, I I'm excited for you. I I think that this space is just blown up. Um, it, you know, it's it's barely it's barely getting started here, and I, I really think like there's this massive opportunity. You see all these people in the space that are trying to figure out like, hey, how do I build a brand for myself? for my home like the fact that some airbnbs now have like you know some short-term I, I really need to get everyone like, every once in a while I'll get like a listener that like will write in and be like hey dude like can you stop saying like airbnbs and start saying like short-term rentals um <laughs> and you know anyways even even i fall prey to the whole uh you know kleenex of of short-term <laughs> rentals which is airbnb yes. um but <laughs> yeah yeah but but the short and i have hot i have incredible affinity for the brand of airbnb so but all, all that said i i feel like with with sh with these short-term rentals short-term rental hosts the big 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 opportunity is you know you've got they've got Instagram pages for their homes that have tens of thousands of followers. Like yeah. that is insane, right? It's insane. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. And like the fact that you can get that, like, you know, who people thought dogs were, you know, all the rage. Now it's, now it's short-term rentals, like that have yes. their own Instagrams and, and, and they post amazing stuff. Like I've, I almost exclusively follow uh, short-term rentals now because they're the content is just so freaking beautiful right and and who doesn't like to see a beautiful cabin in the fall right so anyways all that is to say is i feel like there's incredible opportunity for folks like you in this space finding mm -hmm. ways to i think uh differentiate services and standardize things throwing in yeah. some sort of like subscription thing to just help your own like recurring revenue could be incredibly helpful but um yeah mm -hmm. dude, the, the the possibilities are endless here Totally. Absolutely. It's, it's so exciting to me. That's why I'm so glad to be in this industry. It's, it's only going to get more and more, you know, exciting and, and it's going to grow continually. So uh, yes, definitely like finding ways to differentiate myself. You know, when I, like I said, I was, I started this years ago when it was, Instagram was just taking off. There was really no one else doing in my area, at least doing like lodging photography, yeah. Airbnb photography. I mean, now I look around on Instagram, there's tons of micro influencers, oh, yeah. a few big ones, you know, in my area, just in the, in Minnesota and Wisconsin. And so, you know, you do really have to differentiate yourself and continue to market yourself uh, as a photographer. And, you know, these hosts have to, you know, they, they've got a lot of options, which is great. Um, but they, uh, for hosts, it's a good thing because they've got, uh, you know, opportunities to really be careful who they're choosing and, um, you know, can really turn their, their social media presence into something amazing by working with with certain influencers and photographers. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, John, this has been this has been awesome, man. Um, I'm a big fan of what you're doing. I'm a big fan of your work. Actually, I believe you're the first person I've had on the show who's an Airbnb photographer. Um, uh, excuse me, a short term rent. What do you you call it? Lodging, a lodging photographer, which I like. Sure, too. yeah, I, I lots like that. of options. Lots well, of options. I'm honored. Pick your yeah, favorite. I'm honored. <laughs> yeah, but no, you're the first person I've had on the show that does this stuff, and and okay. I I've been looking for um I you know I've just been wanting to talk to somebody who's has a different perspective on all this. So uh, this is awesome, man. Thank you so much for your time. If folks want to learn more about you or if folks want to hire you to come do a shoot, what's the what's the best way for them to reach out? Yeah. Um, well, thanks again for having me. I'm so honored to be the, the first uh, lodging photographer on your <laughs> page um, and on your podcast. But uh, yeah, if you want to reach out, Instagram is the best way. Uh, just shoot me a direct message. My Instagram handle is just my name, at John Cry, J-O-N-K-R-E-Y-E. Perfect. And we'll go ahead and include that in the show notes below. So if you're listening to this, just scroll on down and you can connect with John. John, thanks so much for your time, man. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your summer and happy fall. Hey friends, hope you've enjoyed today's show. If you are an Airbnb host or know an Airbnb host who'd like to come on the show, please send me an email at Zach, Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com and we will chat. Behind the Stays is brought to you each week by Spontaneous, a carefully curated weekly newsletter that brings you the best last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. It's sort of like Scott's cheap flights, but for Airbnb. You can sign up once again for free at spontaneous.com. Last but certainly not least, I didn't believe in Marie Kondo's whole spark joy mantra until I started podcasting. Now, my joy is sparked every time I see a new subscriber roll in. So please hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And so you add a little spark to my joy fire today. Okay, that was kind of weird, but um, we're going to roll with it. Subscribe. Um, And thanks in advance. All right, everyone. See you next time.